Hey there, my name is Cara McClintock and I am the host of the Building a Better Body podcast. I am a certified health coach, a podcaster and the platform for others to share their story. My aim is to get as many experts on the show as possible, be that experts in health, experts in fitness, experts in mind, body and soul, all the good things that make up that better body. I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the new season of the Building a Better Body podcast. I hope you didn't miss me too much. <laughs> I've been I've been working away in the background, grabbing a hold of some great guests and also just trying to chill out a little bit myself because the weather has been absolutely amazing here and it's really difficult to stay indoors. Um, I've been doing some self-reflection, thinking about where I want to go next, all that sort of good stuff. But enough about me. <laughs> Today on the show, I am talking to Sarah Clark from Fabulously Fertile. And she also runs a podcast, How to Get Pregnant Naturally. Now, this show is full to the brim of knowledge bombs regarding pregnancy, fertility, gut health. These show notes are absolutely huge. So do take your time and read through those if this is of interest to you today. And thanks so much. I just want to say thanks so much for taking the time today to just listen to the podcast and have me and my guests all up in your ears. I really, truly appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you. And just before we get started, do you remember I said I would only put a sponsor on the show if they totally aligned with my beliefs? Well, here we go. Let's hear from our sponsor today. Today's show is brought to you by Hunter and Gatherer. These guys make the most amazing avocado mayo and avocado oil. I am currently obsessed with the garlic mayo. I pretty much put it on everything because it tastes so good. Jeff and Amy have created a wonderful brand with a range of products that not only taste great but are also nasty free. And I'm happy to tell you that you can use the discount code KAREN10OFF at checkout on their store, hunterandgatherfoods.com and also on Amazon UK. So go on, treat yourself and have a taste. Check out the link in the show notes for teas and seeds. Today I'm chatting to Sarah Clark, a fertility coach who runs the podcast Get Pregnant Naturally. When Sarah was 28 years old, she received a diagnosis of premature ovarian failure and like many others, she accepted diagnosis and had both her children through in vitro fertilization. It wasn't until years later that she realised that the root cause of her infertility was a food intolerance. She now helps couples all around the world make diet and lifestyle changes that dramatically improve the chance of a healthy pregnancy. So without further ado, let me welcome Sarah to the show. Hi Sarah. Hey Karen, excited to be here. Yeah, happy, happy to have you. Very excited to talk to you today on a topic that I know very little about mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's pretty much the point of my podcast more recently as well it's not about me at all it's about getting these experts on to share their sort of skills and and experiences that they've gone through right so, so rather than me skim through research and, and give sort of half-hearted <laughs> answers and things like that we're going to get stuck into it, talking to you about this today excellent so I've given you a bit of an introduction Sarah uh would you like to tell us a little bit more about your story yeah, sure. Um, I'll just kind of share my journey as to how I got into helping couples with infertility. Really, it's um, and where I used to joke that I was having menopausal hot flashes in my in my early twenties, and uh, turns out that I was. So I had uh, at the time I had all of a sudden I started getting acne, and previously I had you know during during my my teens I have 
great skin. All of a sudden, I started getting acne in my early 20s. Um, my cycle became quite irregular. I remember getting my cycle once or twice a year. I thought that was a good thing because I didn't have to worry about you know, the, the monthly hassle. Um, I had chronic yeast infections, and I had this weird fungal rash on my chest. And then um, I wanted to get married at 25, so I got married at 25, and then wanted to have our family start at 28. While at 28, I was still having these regular cycles and, you know, fanning my stuff with the, fanning my face there with the hot flashes. So I thought, okay, I better go in to my OBGYN and figure out what is going on. Mm. So I went in to see her and I was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is a loss of function of the ovaries before the age of 40. And I remember her uh, reaching up on her shelf and grabbing the IVF brochure and telling me the only way I would have children was using donor eggs. So I remember leaving her office kind of in, well, definitely in shock and not really sure what the heck just happened there. And then, um, but because I'm a person of action, I didn't really take any time to, um, you know, connect all those, those symptoms I was talking about. So we went straight to the fertility clinic. We're put on a list for a donor egg and, um, we were lucky enough to have our daughter, Ava on the first, uh, fresh transfer and Ava is 16. So this is back in the day when you said donor eggs and people didn't even know what that was. Unfortunately, now it's more common due to our standard Western diet and lifestyle. Uh, there's actually even, you know, embryo donation or embryo adoption because people are having IVF cycles and they have, you know, leftover um, embryos. They are, those, those embryos are there are waiting to be adopted or donated. So, um, yeah, so then I, I, I went on to, then we, we had two embryos left over and we wanted to, uh, have our our children close together. My husband's like, Sarah, you seem a little stressed out here, you know, kind of back it up. I'm like, no, I want to go back in there, do do the transfer. So I went back in, did the transfer. That didn't work. Um, then we went back on an, another, a separate donor uh, a list again, got an, a, a separate donor, and we're lucky enough to have our son, Will, and Will's 13. Um, and then really fast forward, my, my health kind of really took a nose, nose dive. I remember after I had my daughter, I had like nine colds in one year, every cold went to a science infection. I took antibiotics for every science infection, not a good idea. Um, I had, you know, vertigo, toenail infections, dandruff. I had chronic bladder infections, I was peeing blood. I became allergic to all the, all the antibiotics I was taking and I had nothing I could take for these bladder infections, just sort of really backed up against the wall. Um, I also had these chronic yeast infections and then I, I was at the time I was in HR and I took a, a life coaching course to kind of bring back in, um, to bring coaching into the corporate environment. And when I was in there, I had my own personal wake up call and wanted to, um, do health and wellness coaching. So then I took a health coaching course and that's where I discovered I had these food sensitivities. So, um, discovered I was intolerant to, for so for me, dairy, gluten, and corn, and then later a gut infection. And really, um, so for me, it was too late. I didn't discover this till I was 40. I was fully in menopause. So if you're listening to this and you're still cycling naturally, there's things we can do, you know, using the tools of functional medicine, which looks at the underlying cause of disease or illness. Yeah. And so really looking at, for me, it was a food sensitivity, later a gut infection. Like there's, even with infertility, we get stuck on the diagnosis, but we, in functional medicine, we, we, we look at the whole person. So really my message is one of hope. Wow. Thank you very much for sharing that with us today. That's mm -hmm. quite the story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and like you say, you know, the, the doctor reaches for the IVF straight away. And I guess it's, mm -hmm. it's nobody's fault. And we just accept that that's the way things are done. But, you know, I think more and more people are being a bit more aware. There's other things that you can do. Um, and like, and you had, you started off with acne and you probably just thought that's just normal. 
um, and then it just led into one thing and another. Yeah, and I didn't even, I thought, well, what, it was weird, I didn't have one pimple when I was in my teenage years, why all of a sudden now do I have this super greasy chin full of acne, what's going on? And you know, you, it's only a couple pimples, but still, like, when you have it, you just feel like putting a bag on your head, not even going out, so, but it's, it's, but it's like being to be able to connect that with, you know, for me, it was a food sensitivity, and then later, this gut infection, and when I cleaned both of those up, you know, using targeted supplements, and then taking out the foods that I was sensitive to, and um, it, you know, these things went away and my skin's back to being clear like it used to, but it went on for years of this as acne and, and all these different other, you know, seemingly unrelated symptoms. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's just sort of looking at the, the, the body as a whole. And it, it, it's, it's surprising because you think that more people would know, I think people know about natural solutions, but when given a diagnosis of infertility, and a lot of people that come to me, they're either they're 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 struggling with POF, like I had premature ovarian failure, or low AMH, so uh, anti-malarian hormone. They've been told their only options are donor eggs, whereas as an AMH value is really how how well you'll be how successful you'll be with IVF. But typically, they'll say if you've got a low AMH, that sorry, um, you know, sorry, donor eggs are for you, or unexplained infertility. So. Um, it's really to kind of, and most people that have come, they've gone through, down the, the the conventional medicine route of years of of failed cycle, like failed IUIs, failed IVFs, mm-hmm. um, and and they're and in a very very dark place when they come to see me. Uh, there's a few that come before they go down to 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 um, to IVF, but typically most people come afterwards, and this is kind of the the last resort. So I've mm-hmm. you know done the podcast to really spread the message to say, hey, let's back this thing up. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything, you do the best you, you can with the knowledge you have at the time. And it just, mm-hmm. it's almost luck if somebody mentions something to you or they pick up a podcast or something in the flyer sitting there where they can go, oh, hold on a minute. I need to question conventional wisdom right now because it's not working for me. Exactly. That whole serendipity to kind of follow the follow the signs and say, oh, wait a minute. Okay, let's 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 look into this more. Yeah. And I was going to ask you the main triggers in your diet, but you covered that. So it was dairy gluten and corn those are the three yeah yeah Yeah, and like for foods go ahead so if you have one of those now would you get some sort of flare-up as well um yeah like if i it 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 changes as you go through it right so if if i have because i had all these kinds of different symptoms so for me the weak part in my body is a bladder uh bladder so if i get glutened my bladder will start to kind of i can feel almost an infection coming on um and then and like the yeast infections have totally gone away um again so that would kind of flare up and then like a sinus so i get more congestion or maybe a pimple might come up so it's just interesting um you know and then as you as you heal the gut doesn't just because you're intolerant to these foods now doesn't mean you're intolerant forever i've i've kept them out because i feel better with with, without them but really when we work with people we have them do a uh, a food sensitivity test we look at the, the leap mrt test looks at 150 foods or 150 food chemicals and um, using a blood test and we see exactly what you're intolerant to again it's only a snap snapshot in time so as you heal heal your gut and you heal you know what's happening in your body and take up these inflammatory foods that your body is you know mounting an immune response to then you can um potentially reintroduce them um, later but while we're waiting for the results of the the food sensitivity test, we have people do an elimination diet. Yeah. So with the elimination diet, and it's this is a short term thing where you basically take out dairy, gluten, corn, soy, peanuts, eggs out of your diet for ten days, 
and then you systematically reintroduce them. And some people will bring back in corn and they're like, oh, oh I feel kind of like my asthma might flare up or I bring back in dairy, I feel phlegmy, bring back in gluten, I feel brain fog. So it's really to kind of connect the dots of how you feel yeah. when you bring that food. And then we have the food sensitivity test. And then it's like, oh, okay, there's other things on the food sensitivity test. We'll keep that out for 30, 60, 90 days yeah. and then work on other gut healing. So it's, it's a, it's really helping because I would say the majority of people that come to me, they um, would say they eat a very healthy diet and they don't have food sensitivities. Yeah. And when we do the food sensitivity test and the elimination diet, that's not the case. Yeah. I think people perhaps get used to feeling a certain way. You know, they'll, they'll eat dinner and feel bloated and just think that's normal because it's gone yep. on for so long. And mm. you don't realize there's a whole other level to feeling great just by tweaking a few things. Um, and like you say, the gold standard is an elimina elimination. Yeah. Because you'll never know until you totally cut something out and then reintroduce it again. Yeah, and it's a short-term thing. It's not like, okay, you're going to be eating like that forever. It's like 10 days, suck it up, and then really – and people think, oh, I'm done the 10 days, now I'm finished. No, like the, the work is when is when you're reintroducing to really see how food impacts your body. And people will – and even – you know, because dairy or gluten can be, you know, bread. People love bread. They love cheese. Yeah. So when people bring that back in to be really super honest and go, wait a minute, okay, that symptom, maybe I was extra cranky mm -hmm. or, you know, could affect your mood. I know for my son, he is, he's dairy and gluten free as well. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I didn't know anything about this stuff and I didn't, I didn't work on my preconception health. So both my children have food allergies. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my son has asthma and, um, and for him, when he has gluten, it completely affects his mood. Yeah. Like ju just a um, night and day fo foul little mood. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's the it's you because you went and had gluten. I know you did. I didn't have it. Uh, well, I know you did because you this is not you. You're you you are a nice guy, and right now it's it's making you very angry and emotional, and it really affects his mood. Yeah, that's that's very insightful. He's lucky to have you as a mother. <laughs> You wouldn't think that right now, but later on, hopefully. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, moving away, moving away from food a little bit, I read your article on anxiety and depression. Very, very insightful. Anxiety is at an all-time high in the US, and it's absolutely the same here in the UK. I see it a lot. Um, you touched on the fact that anxiety is uniquely problematic for women, and you bring up many points of a lot of women probably aren't even aware of. Uh, would you like to expand on that a little bit for us? Yeah, there's uh, many people that come to see us are actually there. They could be anxious from the infertility, obviously the situational yeah. thing, but also they may have struggled with anxiety their whole life. Mm -hmm. We've had people come into the program, and I'm like, okay, as we as we go through these things and looking at a potential food food sensitivity, but people that come back, so, so we also do a, a stool test, so it looks at the health of your of your gut mm -hmm. for a gut infection. So we the majority of people that we work with come back with either a pathogen, sorry, a parasite, a worm, a bacterial infection, or a fungal infection. So there's something going on in your gut, which is, you know, 90% of the serotonin is, is produced in your gut, yeah. then it impacts your moods. So like, you know, like my son, he, if he's the foods, the food that he's intolerant to, it, it impacts his mood. So um, as people go through the program and they, and they, and they're heal, you know, work on this gut infection and take out potential food sensitivities, um, people that were severely anxious towards the end of the program, they're like, Oh, there's still like, it's not completely gone, but it's no, it's no longer like crippling overarching, um, you know, going down the rabbit hole all the time. Yeah. So I'm using tools of my, of, of mindfulness and really, um, 
you know, we believe in it all, just not all at once, but really looking at to, to using the food sensitivities, seeing, it, seeing if there's an issue there, and then also looking at your, your gut health. Mm-hmm. And um, because if there is any kind of um, sensitivity going on, it, it impacts your, your, your mood. So people with anxiety, depression, ADHD, bipolar, things like that, yeah. it'll, it'll impact your digestion impacts your your skin so for me i had acne uh psoriasis dermatitis impacts um your joints people that have you know joints that are painful and then also um autoimmune so uh, hashimoto's or graves or ms or thyroid or um uh, diabetes type 1 but really um yeah people are because a lot of times when we go to see our primary care physician or our our our, our gp It'll be, you know, recommended to go on a, you know, an antidepressant or an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication where it's kind of like, well, let's look a little like using the using functional medicine, which really is the future of conventional medicine. Um, uh, medicine is really looking at the underlying cause of, well, why why do you have this to begin with? Yeah, exactly. And then mm-hmm. there's lots of the science coming out now about, about the gut brain connection um, and the vagus nerve, which connects it all together. And if you're mm. taking uh, antidepressants, trying to fix the brain whenever the problem's not in the brain in the first place, that's why yeah, they often they don't work. Not that I'm yeah. a doctor, but that's what I've been reading. And, you know, mm-hmm. I find it super uh, fascinating to read stuff like that and just sort of question the first thing you're told. <laughs> exactly. And to, if you've got a parasite going on in there or something, a, a, a gut infection, which a lot of people, we think we just need to get a parasite from, from going to a you know developing country. and. Yeah. It's not the case. You can get it in, you know, the UK and in, in, you know, North America. It can just be depending on if you already have a leaky gut, mm. and then we're in the middle of this huge food experiment where all of our food is sprayed with pesticides. So, like um, uh, herbicide, like Roundup, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's got um, uh, glyphosate, which is linked to infertility, a whole host of other things, which then predisposes you potentially to leaky gut. And does that then open it up to the fact that you may be predisposed to a gut infection, which then, you know, for some people will impact their moods. Yeah. You know, for, for, for you know, you know, for me, it impacted my, um, it impacted impacted my 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 fertility. Is the main the main thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Thanks for that. That's great. Um. So, what would be your top five tips for someone who is trying to get pregnant naturally regarding adding in and taking away certain foods? Sort of a, a go to top five. You don't have to yeah, have so, five. <laughs> yeah. Like first would be switch to organic. Yeah. Um. Uh, so 100 percent organic. Um, you can go to the uh, ewg.org um, group there and you look at the if, if going 100% is too much you can at least look at the dirty dozen so make sure that you you know you you make sure those ones those top 12 foods that are they're, they're the heavy, heaviest spray are um, uh, organic um, and also non non GMO you want to do that as well because then that impacts the um, your health and also your, your your future baby so looking at organic um, you can, as far as food, you can look into, you know, determining if you have a food sensitivity, to, um, food sensitivity, look at the, the elimination diet. You can do that right now. Start right away. Um, take out those top foods. So dairy, gluten, corn, soy, peanuts, eggs, take them out for 10 days, systematically reintroduce them. You can get a food, you can get a, um, a food, t- like a, a symptom checklist and really get clear on your symptoms when you, when you, when you bring them back in. Um, we have our people make sure like some of this stuff is really quite simple. Like the, the found, the foundational pillars of wellness, right. Where you're mm-hmm. making sure you get enough sleep. Yeah. We like, we've worked with people on like for months on sleep hygiene, like backing up their whole entire day 
to make sure you get your seven to nine hours of sleep Mm -hmm. that, you know, that you're in a, that you have a bedtime routine, that you're getting into bed at a, you know, before 1030, before you're, you know, so otherwise you throw off your, um, your, you know, the, 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 you get that extra, um, little wave of wake, wakefulness after 1030. So, Mm um, you're, yeah, and it's hard to fall asleep. Um, looking at, you know, removing your phone from your bedroom, yeah. So it's not looking at a, a blue screen. There's a whole thing now, but those 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 blue light blockers. So mm-hmm. you can you can even go to your little your little hardware store there and get those. Um, they're the yellow little little safety goggles and put those on to help help with with the the screen because the screen yeah the the, the screen is imp, imp, impacts your circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. So looking at sleep, looking at movement that's right for you. A lot of people. Um, they definitely do not want to be training for a marathon right now. Vigorous uh, exercise is not recommended for fertility. Mm-hmm. We have um, fertility yoga series. You can look at brisk walking. You can do high high intensity uh, interval training. That's good. Sure. Um, but yeah, looking at movements that, that's right for you. Mm-hmm. And then also, um, you know, obviously we we recommend you know looking at those functional tests that we that we have. So sort of looking at a food sensitivity test, looking at a we uh, use the Dutch hormone test. So it looks at your sex hormones as well as your cortisol levels and your melatonin. And then looking at stool test. Um, and then another one would be um, like really adding in some sort of mindfulness practice to your day. Yeah. And even if it's like three to five minutes of meditation, if it's not, and if you can't sit on the pillow and do the meditation when you're walking to actually be on the walk, Mm-hmm. And be present and notice, you know, your, you know, where you are, and just having moments of um, mindfulness. Either it's mindful chewing when you eat your food, mm-hmm. um, which, well, it's like I for years I would just toss it in my mouth, eat so quickly, run away. So now it's sort of, you know, sitting and and mindfully chewing, like those sort of things are um, very restorative. And there's research from Alice Domar. She's the pioneer of, um, of mind body fertility. She's a Harvard researcher and she's, she's, she's run mind mind body fertility groups for over 20 years and found that people in her group that practice these mind, these mindfulness principles. So fertility, yoga, meditation, affirmations, visualization, um, um, those sorts of things, those, those mindfulness techniques within six months, 55% went on um, to get pregnant. And within, um, two years, 90% became a a mother somehow. So, you know, and and we, and we run my, uh, my body fertility groups. We ran one a couple months ago. There was 12 ladies in there and three of them got pregnant, like just by making mindset shifts. That stuff is huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do tend to focus almost too much on food and exercise whenever stress and sleep are just as important part of that four pillar health and wellness mm-hmm. um, because if you have your food and exercise dialed in and you're not sleeping at all and work stressing you out not going to be the right environment for for making a baby I guess nope nope <laughs> no. um what would be some of the first things you would say to someone who is having trouble getting pregnant you know is there like a an initial list you would go to before you get deep into the serious stuff yeah, like we, so we do, so as part of my team, I work with a functional uh, diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So we look at your, your blood chem. We have a lot of people that um, have been told their thyroid is fine. Mm-hmm. And when we look at do, like running a full thyroid panel, including uh, antibodies, we've had people that have been like said they have unexplained infertility and it turns out they have Hashimoto's. Oh, well, so that's not, that's not unexplained. I've heard, um, I've heard that so much on lots of podcasts I've listened to where you get your thyroid tested and it's not the correct panel you're getting back and you need to do more work. I keep, I yeah. Cause it's so much. Yeah. 
Exactly. In conventional medicine, your TSH could be flagged as normal as five, while functional levels are usually like one and a half to or below. Yeah. Um, so really that's, and the, 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 the thyroid is the canary in the coal mine. If that's off other, you know, it's a, it's a warning signal that something's going on in the body. So is there an underlying gut infection? Is there a food sensitivity? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what else is happening in the body? Is there, there leaky gut going on? Um, we have a lot of people that come to us, they have low vitamin D. So we, so we do recommend supplementing, but we also look to see, well, why is your vitamin D low? So, so for functional levels, it's between 60 to 80. A lot of people come in with vitamin D of 20. Wow. So, um, and that's a marker of your immune system. So, you know, again, why is that low? Is the body's under attack. So it wants to survive, doesn't want to procreate. Mm-hmm. Um, another one to look at is a lot of people that we come see us have been on um, long-term hormonal birth, uh, birth control. Yeah. So, um, and that being on the, the pill can impact your microbiome. So your, your, your gut flora and also your um, nutrient and, and mineral levels and deplete them. So obviously some people go off the pill and get pregnant right away. Yeah. Others that come to see me have, you know, they're, they're struggling. And the, the amount of people we speak to that have been like, have you been on the pill? Yep. Mm. So even, even for a couple of years, it, it, could, it could still, you know, Im- impact those levels. So people could be, um, you know, mag- uh, magnesium deficient. I interviewed um, Dr. Carolyn Dean. She's a, She's an um, um, MD and, a, and, a, and an expert on magnesium and t- saying that 80% of the, of the population is, is magnesium deficient. So Yeah, for sure. I hear that mm. a lot too. I supplement with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so do I. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's your go-to uh, mineral that's depleted in, the, in a stressful environment. So yeah, in this day and age, we don't have enough. And probably not enough in our greens as well because of the soils right now too. Yeah, exactly. The soil's been depleted, so... Yeah, so it's the, the pill, vitamin D, um, thyroid, yeah. um, and then you know digging into is yeah. is there a gut infection going on? So like so that so that blood chemistry review will really tell us a lot. And then as we say when we run those tests, it gives us further clue. But some people get caught up with the tests, and it's like oh here's the test. But really the tests are just the beginning, yeah. and that gives us the roadmap. Hmm. And then then comes the work because yeah. it is all those things that we know we have to do, like getting, you know, looking at your environmental toxins, getting rid of the plastics, making, you know, not microwaving with a, you know, the, well, not microwave at all if you can, but um, microwaving with a plastic container, making sure your water is filtered because it's filled with, you know, chlorine and asbestos and um, um, fluoride, um, which, you know, all can Im- impact your, obviously your health. Um, what other, so looking at your personal care products, your cleaning chemicals, all those things, especially people with sometimes people with uh, infertility have the uh, the uh, MTHFR gene, yes. which then has helps them. They're not able to um, detoxify, so that environmental toxin piece is is huge for that. To making sure that you're super clean on on that side of things, and really um, making sure you're taking a methylated folate. We 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 recommend Thorn Thorn Basic prenatal. Because um, a lot of people are taking folic acid, which is the synthetic form, and then if you have a, have the MTHFR gene mutation, um, it makes it difficult to you can't um, detoxify the, the the folic acid. So, yeah. um, Dr. Ben Lynch um, is the kind of go-to expert on um, MTHFR and um, all things genes. His his book uh, Dirty Genes is an awesome book to check out. Okay. Um, 
I'm but, writing down lots of people's names here <laughs> for the show notes for later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically an awful lot of detective work, but I imagine when somebody comes to see you, they, they feel at ease that there's a plan in action, I guess. You know, it's just nice to know that there's something to work through. Exactly. Yeah, and we seem to attract a lot of medical professionals, either doctors, nurses, physicians, assistants, um, people with biochemistry backgrounds, like science backgrounds. I think they like the the, the, the testing part of it. So there is a this targeted plan. Yeah. And then it's really, because it, it's a six-month couples co- uh, coaching program that we have that really helps them to implement these changes over time. Because if I said, okay, I want you to boom, change your diet, take every last piece of plastic out of your house, you know, change your exercises. Like, what are you talking about? That in itself is completely stressful. So, um, it's that, you know, low and slow every day you do, you move the needle a little bit and, you know, do the best you can and, um, add in those, you know, those, those mindfulness things. And, um, it's, it's a process, right? And it's, Everyone that comes to see us, though, is in a panic. It doesn't matter if they're 28, 38. They're past the time that they want to be able to build their family. And so saying six months, you know, you need to back it up a little bit for six months could seem scary. But it's really important to focus on, you know, preconception health, then this healthy baby, and then also postpartum. Like if you're, I remember I didn't think I had, um, because I thought postpartum was more, I'm supposed to be crying in the corner all depressed. Well, I was just super cranky, Woo, cranky. So it was like postpartum anxiety and really cranky. I remember like talking on the phone, wanting to whip the phone out of the door. So, um, yeah, it's really, we, we got focused on trying to have the baby, but we also need to kind of rein it back and focus on ourselves. And sure. I talk a lot about me time and really doing things that are good for, ourselves yeah no that's perfect and on on the back of that i have some listener questions would you like to answer some of those yeah sure <laughs> we've probably covered a little bit but so you can just glance over some of them but um so the first one what part do environmental factors play such as plastic hair dye technology play in fertility so you did talk totally. about plastic but i, I would have yeah. said that anyway you know yeah definitely so you want to take out the bpas the phthalate the, the phthalates the um, yeah, remove all plastics. It's in, it impacts, especially important for for uh, male male factor infertility. Yeah. Um, it's um, there's a whole chapter in my in my book about that too. Um, but yeah, moving and and then also the personal care. You can go to the Skin Deep database and get and and look at your personal care products and see what they what their rating the, the rating is on that. I think there's I think the average woman is like 172 products she leaves with in the morning that are on her skin, which then, you know, skin is her biggest organ and it's being all these chemicals are being ingested, you know, nail polish, Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. So really we don't say, Hey, look, go to your thing and throw everything out. It's over, it's over time as things run out, then you replace it with a more natural thing. Um, same, same for your, your cleaning chemicals, again, inhaling all those, all those toxins. Um, and this is really, like you're either nodding your head yes, going this makes sense, mm-hmm. or it may not be for you, mm. and that's okay. That's okay because we don't drag anyone across the finish line. If you're like, you know what, this makes sense, yeah. But if if you're like, if you want to argue and it's not feeling good for you, that's okay. It's not right for you. Yeah. Sometimes you read things and dismiss it, and then it's just because it's not the right time. Because I've done that. Read something later on, and went, oh, this is when I need to be reading this. It just depends where you are in your journey. Exactly. Some people, yeah, it, it'll keep popping up until you're until you're, you're you know ready to hear. But it's really like most people that come to us have they've tried to look at the diet. They've probably kind of gone partially on some environmental toxins. 
they've they've tried some mindfulness, done some visualizations, but they just haven't really tied it all together and done everything they can in each spectrum. So we just help them, yeah, like just tweak it because it's like that analogy of the person in the coal mine. He's got his little axe. He's just picking away, you know, hacking away at the at the thing, and he turns around before the gold's on the other side. It's yeah. like, oh, this stuff doesn't work. Yeah, I've seen that uh, uh, sort of. It, uh, image of it online that just you're just about to break through and then you give yeah, up. Yeah, well, well, yeah, see ya. <laughs> yeah, oh. um, and then now, what would be some of the main causes of second infertility and reoccurring miscarriage, or is that a bit broad? But that's the question I got. So, yeah, secondary infertility it it could be the same as primary infertility, and a lot of people um, come yeah. to me, and it's 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 equally if not more painful because um, it's like because people might say, oh, you already have one, you should be grateful. Um, which is that that's fine. But if you, if you see, if, if, you know, you look at your family and there's a little person is missing, it is, it's very painful, um, to go, to go through secondary infertility. So even the stress associated with that, um, cause the society, so the societal pre- pressure that you may feel from that saying you should be grateful. Um, but it could have been like, we've had people that like traumatic birth stories or, or maybe the fact that you had something going on before you had your first one. Now your body is completely depleted. And so we look at look at the blood cam. So it's never the the diagnosis; it's the whole body. What else is happening? Because it's never just infertility. Mm-hmm. There's other things going on. Um, repeat miscarriage can be um, a whole host of things. But like in functional medicine, we again look at the gut infection. We look at obviously if there's low low progesterone. So we look at look at the uh, Dutch test to see what's happening there. Um, it could be an iodine, an iodine, um, deficiency. It could be, so the MTHFR, if you've had that tested, um, you know, if you're not methylating these, um, methylating properly, that can be an issue with repeat miscarriage, thyroid, getting a full thyroid panel, including antibodies. And even if there are antibodies, you know, looking to see, because that may be a, a um, an issue with an autoimmune disease. So, um, digging the, into that further, um, Mm-hmm. yeah those are see why it can be quite overwhelming <laughs> yeah <laughs> i literally talked to someone the, one thing at a time for sure I, yeah and i literally talked to someone the other day and she'd had three miscarriages and and she had the mthfr she had antibodies in her thyroid mm-hmm. um she had low amh she had a whole host of other things and then she's feeling extreme extreme pressure to go to another ibf mm-hmm. which then could result in another miscarriage and it's very hard to say stop and Mm -hmm. and take six months listen to your body because you feel so much pressure when a doctor is saying you have low amh it's donor eggs for you you know the window is closing which is people have conceived with an amh of zero so um it's to really we have people stop and listen to their body and um you know take time to look at these you know these these issues using the tools of functional medicine yeah perfect and then you touched upon it before, but exercise while trying, should you stick to more sort of gentle yoga and walking or can heavy weighted workouts affect the body? Yeah. So you don't want to, so basically with exercise, you want to, so, you know, how are you feeling the next day when you do, when you work out, are you the next day dragging your butt around? Cause you're so exhausted and tired. Mm-hmm. That workout was probably too much. Yeah. But if you wake up the next day and you think, okay, I'm feeling pretty good. That was probably okay. But really, so we do recommend, like we have a fertility yoga series and it's really, it's not your hot sweating yoga. It's not your vinyasa flows. It's, um, it's hatha. So it's gentle yoga. It's restorative yoga. You're holding poses for a long period of time. 
you may have been like, are you kidding me? I got to roll around the floor and do this. <laughs> but that's the whole point of it. It's very slow. Yeah. It's meditative and extremely, and it's nourishing to, to the reproductive organs. So it's a whole people that can't do meditation do really well with uh, fertility yoga because they connect the movement to the breath. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That high intensity, um, workouts, the T tap workout is a good one too, where it's like about four or five minutes of just, I did it. It's kind of a strange little thing where you bop them down with your legs and kind of, it's, I'm not very coordinated. So you have to kind of coordinate the movements and then yeah. your heart is just, it's kind of, it's kind of like a high, high intensity thing where your heart just beating for like, you know, four or five minutes. Yeah. Um, brisk, yeah, brisk walking. And then if you want to do weight, weight training, maybe three, th- uh, three times a week. So it's really, do not overdo it at this yeah, stage. Just, Cause like I, you say, listen to yeah. your body. You'll know. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know, um, mm-hmm. and fertility yoga sounds fascinating. I've never heard of that. Um, that's something that my listeners can look into for sure. I like that. Yeah. Fertility yoga is fun. Yeah. Is, have you got videos on that or do you have to? Yeah, totally. Only, you do. Yep. Oh, okay. I have a six week fertility yoga series. So there's, there's positions to do, um, before the cycle, the, the first half of the cycle, second half of the cycle, um, ones to help with, um, stress. So it's basically a kind of accumulative thing over the six weeks as you, you, if you do the, um, the exercises. So yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, that's great. I, yeah. You can reach everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer, Sarah, but finally I ask everyone this question. If you could give our listeners one final thought today, one Sarah nugget that they can incorporate mm-hmm. into their lives in order to build that better body, what would that be today? Yeah, I, I think I took probably this... said them all there, but uh... <laughs> oh, I, I think I take this nugget from Dr. Mark Hyman, who's the uh, he's the chair of the Institute of, Funct- of Functional Medicine and also the um, the director of the Cleveland Clinic. Yeah, and I, I I, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's awesome. And um, you know, your body is always whispering to you. Mm-hmm. So, and when we ignore the whispers, it'll start shouting at us in the form of disease. So, so to really stop and and what is our body? What is your body saying to you? And not not to ignore it. Because when, you know, it's, it's, it's powerful to really connect. And that, and that also another thing, this, um, from Dr. Oz, this healing round table where you have, so you're in the center of the table and you have your RE, your OBGYN, your fertility coach, your nutritionist, your chiro, your acupuncturist, they're, you know, they're all around the table, but you're in the middle and you're in, you're in charge of all the different people. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of times we're like, Oh, go to the RE and we give over all our power to the RE. Mm-hmm. Whereas the, R, the RE is part of the team, but it's not the only member and you're, and you know, your body best. Yeah, for sure. Fab- so eloquently put, listen to your body's whisper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. And you have a, a free program. Is that right? You want to talk about yeah, so there's a little there's a fertility diet freebie. So you go to fertility diet freebie f r e e b i e dot com, and it's a three day fertility diet challenge. You can just download uh, it's uh, chef prepared recipes, kind of using based on the fertility diet, which is a Harvard nurses study over uh, eighteen thousand nurses over the course of eight years, and found the best best um, diet and lifestyle techniques for or tools for fertility. And we really t- take a functional medicine spin on that, so you can download that that free that free guide that's awesome i will put that in the show notes so people can just click and go i love it thanks for that and where's the best place for people to connect with you sarah yeah definitely check out the get pregnant naturally podcast we're on uh, itunes uh, google play and stitcher and my website is fab fab fertile.com there's lots of uh, uh, blogs and uh, free um, downloads on there as well Awesome. Thank you very much, Sarah. That was really, really good. You shared so many nuggets and I know people are going to love what you've, you've told us today. 
So thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much, as always, for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, send them along to info at karmaclintock.co.uk. And if you want to support the show, you can head on over to karmaclintock.co.uk forward slash support. And it would be awesome if you could leave me an iTunes review as well. Thank you.